everyone agrees, bacon makes everything better. Even marketing. This is the Bacon Podcast, where you'll learn to cure your marketing. And make your business. I can't believe I said that. Internet marketing. Online marketing. Social media tips and techniques. Now, to help you bring more bacon home, the master of marketing sizzle, Brian Basilico. This is the Bacon Podcast. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps. I have got a great guest today. She is a friend. She is an author, and she is just one of the most positive people I've ever met, and I'm just excited to introduce you to Heidi Thorne. Now, Heidi is with Thorne Communications, and she helps people get their books out of their brains and into different formats. So, Heidi, how are you doing today? I am doing good, and thanks for allowing me to share with your uh, audience there, Brian. Thanks so much. Oh, it's a pleasure. And and we've actually spoken on stage together. I mean, we, we, we have a, a long history, and it's a good history. So, I thought it was about time to get you on to talk about book publishing, because I've talked about speaking and you know, it's something that everybody can do. It, it could be as simple as an ebook. It can be as complex as Warm Peace. You know, it could be anything in between. But um, before we get started, I want my audience to get to know you better. So, how did you go from working in trade show booths to showing people how to trade their knowledge into paper and electronics so that they could sell it and share it and do all that kind of stuff? In fact, you know, it's interesting because the trade show business kind of launched my writing career. Hmm. I know that sounds strange, but um, when I was working in trade shows, I sold exhibit space at large um, national and international trade shows. And so, you know, in the tech and um, uh, manufacturing sectors, Mm -hmm. and I was um, selling just the floor space to these manufacturers and and other suppliers. And the company I was working for um, had these boilerplate kind of sales letters that we were supposed to send out. And I thought they were just pathetic. (laughs) I just couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't imagine myself sending those to any, anybody who I wanted to have as a client. (laughs) So the trade show business is a lot of peak and valley. And so during the valleys, I would uh, rewrite the sales letters to make them fun and exciting. I would do uh, poetry and stories and all kinds of fun things. And so uh, that kind of uh, got me a reputation with the company as having a golden pen. And uh, that launched my career then in marketing because then within the same company, I moved into the marketing division, which wrote all the brochures and press releases and and all of that for various trade shows. So that really launched my writing career. I never really started as a writer, which is really pretty interesting. And But I just enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed having writing with um, a specific purpose in mind. I, I can't write fiction to save my life, mm-hmm. but, uh, but I, can, I can do things that are very goal-driven. Uh, and so that uh, was really what launched my writing career. And then after uh, going back to finish my my um, business degrees, um, I 
got a job in the newspaper business as a trade newspaper editor and advertising director. So, and that was a long, long career. And so I had uh, several years of doing writing and editing and, um, and that's how I really launched into self-publishing, uh, or not self-publishing, but publishing in general. And, uh, I was also in the, as you know, um, you and I met because I was in the promotional products business and I was looking for a way to help my clients uh, figure out this whole promotional product thing because it's, it's a lot more complex than people un, uh, think it is. And uh, so I wrote this book called Swag, How to uh, you Choose and Use Promotional Products for Marketing Your Business. That was my first book, uh, and I used it as kind of a business card book, and that was in 2011. It's still my my highest selling book year after year. And uh, that's what really launched my whole self-publishing trajectory. So I... Uh, one way, it's sort of a uh, detour here and there, but uh, but I finally got there. <laughs> awesome. So how many books have you published? Um, I think, you know, honestly, I think I've kind of lost count <laughs> because uh, some of them are either, um, you know, sub books of other larger books, and then some are audio editions. So there's a lot of different editions. So I would say about 20 at this point. <laughs> so, and they're all shorter topic books uh, because they are focused on a very specific topic. So I'm not trying to make every book be the be-all, end-all uh, book on, on the topic. So um, a lot of them are short and very focused. Excellent. So I think the key question that everybody else is asking, I mean, not everybody's going to write 20 books. As a matter of fact, most people listening to this probably haven't written one yet. So the question that I want to ask you is why write a book? What's what's the point behind it? Because let's get real. Not everybody's going to write Harry Potter or War and Peace, right? <laughs> No, they're not. They're not. Although I do have some fiction writers in my tribe of authors. Um, of most of the people that are in my groups are based in business. You know, they're either uh, entrepreneurs or small business owners, and they want to get their message out to their uh, customers and potential customers about who they are and what they do and their philosophies about what they do. And I think that's where that book comes in. Um, it's not going to be a replacement for any of the work that they do, but it is more of an introduction. Um, you know, they always call it the business card book. And it's really just for people to get to know you better. And uh, so I think people, I think one of the things that I see people going to with this is they want to get their message out there, but then they kind of get distracted by the, oh, I could make money with this. And really, you make money because of the book, not exactly from the book. Right. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, we've talked about speaking. You know, one of the best ways to become a good speaker is to have a book. And so... Uh, in the last interview, we were talking about the rubber chicken circuit, which is basically <laughs> you know, giving free speeches everywhere. But 
you know, I give free speeches all the time, but I always carry books with me, and I have a credit card processing machine that works with PayPal, and if somebody wants to buy some books, you know, I'll sell $150 or $40 or something, you know, so at least it pays for the gas and the time and... I, you know, I, I totally agree. And, and I've done that too uh, with, with my own speaking. Um, I'll usually have a print edition and this is something we're probably going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, but for the speaking circuit, if you're planning to have books, uh, you generally want to have a print edition too, uh, simply because people buy books at events because they want a souvenir or memento of the experience they had with you. Now, whether they read it again or not, you'll never know. Uh, but uh, they want some remembrance of the time they had with you at the speaking event. And so um, I think that's the, uh, the one reason to have a print edition and the one reason to have that as part of your speaking package. Um, the one thing that, you know, you and I, you had just mentioned is the, the rubber chicken type of meal, <laughs> because you're going to buy, uh, you're going to sell a lot of books. And I found too, you know, you'll make a, a little bit of money. Uh, from the book sales, and unless you're very aggressive with the promotions during the, the event, and I don't recommend that ever. Uh, but what I've done too, or what I've run into, is that sometimes it, it's not even enough, and they don't, the, the, the host of the event often may not uh, want to even help you promote the books you know they're they're like well you know we're just giving you the time on stage and and so they don't really promote the book to the audience and i've had some events where nobody buys anything you know uh, so then it, then it's uh, hopefully you know you get some other clients or customers in another way uh but um I, I don't think you can go into some of these speaking events thinking you're going to make a ton of money just from book sales. Uh, it's a nice little extra, but it, it just isn't um, a way to make huge amounts of cash. Right. So, and, and you said, I mean, the bottom line is if you think of a book as a business card, it's incredible. It does some amazing things. And, you know, so you probably have a process. You probably have something that you do that's different, but I think... You know, most people, especially myself, um, I never thought of myself as a writer. I could never imagine myself actually, you know, doing that. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, I agreed. <laughs> so what's the biggest thing that stops people from getting started? Well, I think, you know, something that I kind of alluded to earlier uh, is that they think their book is their masterpiece, or the be-all, end-all on the topic. And so it becomes very overwhelming. Uh, when I critique uh, self-published manuscripts before they get into the self-publishing process, there are some that go on for you know, 70, 90, 100,000 words. I mean, it, it's, it's unbelievable. And that's a lot of book <laughs> to write and that's almost like too much and so I think that one they haven't focused their topic enough 
That's the one thing. They haven't focused enough, and then they think they need to do it all with one book. That's going to be their crowning achievement. And so I, I really recommend that they, they go with a little bit of a scaled-back topic uh, so that it becomes manageable and it doesn't become this, this overwhelming project that they'll never finish. Yeah, so what you want to do is make sure that you have, I, you obviously can break it into multiple books and things of that nature. So it's the overwhelm that tends to start people, um, you know, doubting themselves to be able to do it. And one of the things I talk about a lot is, you know, I do a podcast. My podcast could be a book. I mean, I can easily get this transcribed. I can do, you know, lots of different things. That's how I write my books is I actually talk them in, then go back and edit them, then hand them over to an editor. And, you know, then it goes through the entire process. So, you know, the technology or the fact that you're not a writer does not have to get in the way, right? No, it does not. In fact, I think, you know, the technology now is is so amazing because I was going into self-publishing when I was teaching. I was uh, trying, you know, to, to get books or create books that I could use in the classes that I was teaching. And that was back in the bad old days of self-publishing. <laughs> I mean, I, I looked at hardcovers and they were charging me like $25 per book, <laughs> and, you know, just to print the thing into a hardcover edition. And uh, it was just crazy. I mean, today we have so many options with uh, print on demand and eBooks and audio. I mean, there's just so many uh, capabilities that we have. And we have the voice-to-text technology, as, as you're talking about here, and a lot of transcription services and things that we just didn't have 10, 20 years ago, but now we have it. So from a technology standpoint, it's getting less and less of a problem. And what's interesting, uh, I think you uh, know that I did the self-publishing survey and I did it in 2016 and 2018. And there was a definite shift even within those two years uh, in that the, I don't know how to use the technology. You know, I asked a question about their challenges and that whole technology question wasn't as high of a problem in 2018 as it was in 2016. So even within a short period of time, we're seeing a lot of capabilities that are coming our way and making it easier for all of us. Mm -hmm. Now, I ventured down in this podcast a couple of different ways. I've talked about self-publishing before, but I really want to revisit that because I've also talked to a hybrid publisher. There's three different kinds. You've got the traditional publishing where you write a manuscript, you ship it around to all the book companies, and they go, no, 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 and you hope for a yes. The next one is the hybrid, which is you kind of pay to do it, but they have the services embedded in there. So they do the editing, the cover, all the kind of stuff that you don't have to do. And then the third level is the self-publishing. Now you're kind of in charge of everything. So you have to have the cover designed. You have to have the book laid out. You have to have the editing done. You have to have it proofread, all that kind of stuff, um, which becomes a little bit of a challenge for people because they don't have the connections with all of those people. So how do you help people figure out that process? What do they need to think about as far as getting that done? Well, in terms of the, the three options, uh, first of all, there are still people considering traditional publishing um, and the chances of that happening are lower and lower every year. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that you really do, when you're talking about connections, you really do have to have some connection or you have to be represented by an agent, you know, that, to get into the, the big publishing houses. I mean, some of them won't even talk to you. you know? So um, that is, is a completely different realm. Um, hybrid is new, you know, and that is a developing arena where both the publisher and the author share the cost and the risk of uh, publishing a book. Now, that, of course, is an investment of time and energy and definitely money. Now, in terms of uh, self-publishing, you could do it for almost free (laughs) with uh, Amazon Kindle Direct Publishing and those sorts of things. Uh, But if you want to go full self-publishing, you're kind of becoming an authorpreneur. You know, you are completely in charge of the sales and marketing of your book. And just because it ends up on Amazon doesn't mean it's going to make sales. And so the ways that I help authors is first, I look at their manuscript um, and it's complete manuscript. Some of them I've done, you know, where they have maybe several chapters done. And I look at it from a marketing standpoint as if they were an authorpreneur. You know, uh, how are you going to sell this? What are you going to uh, be doing with this book? And does it does it work in, in your market? And so I uh, help them look at their manuscript from a more publishing perspective because a lot of them get hung up on the writing. Uh, you know, and, and that's, that's certainly a part of it. Uh, but most of the time, the problems that I see with most self-published authors is that they don't understand their market. And some of them do not understand who their reader actually is. I, I, that is the one question that when, because I have them uh, look through a list of questions and give me answers um, about their manuscript. And one of the questions I ask is, who do you envision reading this book? And most of the people, they'll say, everyone. <laughs> you and I both know that not any book is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so then I have to probe a little bit further with them. Well, who is that everyone in terms of age? What is their grade level of reading? Um, what do they do for a living? Uh, what is their lifestyle? Who are they? Are they men or women? Or you know, Those types of questions. And I would... I would say that most self-published authors don't even think about that. They're, they're so concerned about the writing ex- aspect of it that they don't even consider who the reader is. And so uh, that's what I do. I, I'm kind of the, um, I guess the best way to describe me would be the reality check. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so one of the things I think that's important that you said is you wouldn't go to business and try to sell. It's something I call selling dog food to cat people. Just because they have a pet, just because they read, doesn't mean that they're going to do everything, you know. So you've got to first and foremost, just like in business, to find who your perfect avatar is. You have to do the same thing with a book. Now that brings me to the next question, and I think it's the uh, the final question I want to ask is, you know, obviously, if you're going to go the self-publishing route, because I think that's the, 
you know, it's the path of least resistance. It can be the least expensive. It can be the simplest for most people to do. You've got the traditional print book, which is, you know, normally a paperback now in the self-publishing world. You can still get hardcover and stuff like that. You can go down the ebook route, which, you know, some people think all you got to do is convert a book to a PDF, but it's not quite that simple, especially when you're dealing with Amazon and e-readers and those kind of things. So there's more to that than just a PDF. And then the last one is doing an audiobook, which again, you have to record, you have to edit, you have to process. There's there's pieces to that as well. So with with each one of those, what are the, you know, kind of give a really short answer as to what's the benefit of the print book, the ebook, and the audiobook? Okay, first of all, uh, first of all, the uh, print book, um, everything I'm seeing, print is not going away, uh, but you certainly don't want to think that your print book is the the thing that's going to always sell uh, because people are multi-format these days. Uh, what I've found is that, uh, and, and there's a lot of uh, reports that say this is very true, um, people get a print book, but through programs such as Kindle Matchbook on uh, Amazon, if you're publishing through Kindle Direct Publishing, they can get both the print book and the ebook because what people do is they they convert from one to the other. They'll uh, they'll want to read the print book sometimes. They'll want to read the ebook sometimes. And then coming up into this whole system are audiobooks. And what people are doing with the audiobooks, and, and I learned this as I was converting a lot of my books to audio editions, is that there's a technology called WhisperSync um, that will coordinate the audiobook. If you publish it through Amazon's ACX, which puts it on Audible and iTunes audiobooks, and if you have the Kindle edition, um, it will marry those two together if they are synced up correctly. And so someone could start with the audiobook and then they can pick it up where they left off on the audiobook on the Kindle edition. So I think we're seeing more multi format readers. And so I think that really uh, behooves us to offer multi format to our readers. And uh, with the uh, rise of voice technologies, with podcasts as we're doing here, and audio is going to be bigger and bigger over time. And so I think it's really important to start thinking about how would you convert this material into something else? Because your book is not just a physical thing of pages, a, a chunk of paper. <laughs> it's not just a chunk of paper. It's communication. And that may take different forms over time. So I think it really is important to be thinking uh, multi-format today as we are self-publishing. So uh, that would be that would might be my explanation for that. <laughs> See, and I love that because it's so geeky. I love geeky stuff like that. <laughs> Heidi, this has been a blast and some really good information and good food for thought. So one of the things that I'd like to do is get people to follow you and connect with you. And what's the best way for them to do that? 
Well, my website is very simply, HeidiThorne.com. <laughs> You'll find everything there. And I have a podcast as well. And um, I talk about self-publishing and everything related to uh, publishing. And uh, that is quite simply as well, <laughs> not too original. It's called The Heidi Thorne Show. And it is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean. And then the video version of it is available on YouTube. Uh, so those would probably be the primary ways. And of course, my books are easily available on amazon.com. You just have to search for my name and you'll see my author page. Go to the author page and there's everything will be there for you. Excellent. And for those who are only listening and don't have anything to write down, spell your name so they know it. Oh, sure. Absolutely. It's H-E-I-D-I-T-H-O-R-N-E.com. Awesome. Hey, Heidi, thank you so much for joining us today. You dropped some sizzling hot bacon knowledge bombs on my peeps, and I appreciate you and your time, and it's been a pleasure finally getting you on the show. Thank you so much, Brian. Have a great day. Well, that's it for today's Bacon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and learned something today. If you did, please go to iTunes and give us a review. We appreciate all your feedback and comments. If you have any questions, go to www.baconpodcast.com forward slash questions, and we'll make sure we get those answered for you. Till next time, keep sizzling.